I'm Ginger Conlon. And I'm Michael Logan. Welcome to Tech Talks in 20, where this is part two of our conversations with our digital product manager, Katie Ritz. And the reason we had to separate in two parts is because there's so much information. So if you haven't, if you haven't had an opportunity to listen to part one, go ahead and hit stop now, go back and find part one and listen to that, and then come back and join us. So Ginger, real quick, what's one of your favorite words? Oh, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, of course. Okay, now I need you to spell that backwards. No, (laughs) one of mine is free. I love free things. And that's what you're getting today is a free consultation around digital channels from Katie Ritz. So we're going to dive into some real important concepts around how you respond on social channels, whether you're using video or not, as well as are you using social yet? Are you engaging with your customers and meeting them where they are on social channels? And if not, why aren't you doing that yet? And hopefully you'll hear some uh, keys to how to implement that and pick those up in today's episode. So with that, if you've already gone back and listened to part one, you've come back to join us. Let's go ahead and dive into that conversation with Katie Ritz. Tell me about social, because I know that's a that's a big driver for what you do. When you talk about digital, I mean, we know SMS, we know chat, but Let's dive into social because we are really all connected. <laughs> I mean, we don't go far without knowing what everyone's up to, where they've been. How has that really changed what you're working on and you're moving forward as a product manager around digital? Yeah, I think the most interesting thing about social is in some cases it's it's worldwide. In other cases, it's very localized to a region. Line is very popular in Japan, and that's like the only thing they use. WhatsApp is very popular in Europe and Latin America. Kakao Talk is the primary thing in, in Korea. So that's that's one thing that's very interesting about social is that it, it can be a very worldwide type of social channel or it can be a very localized type of social channel. And it's why it comes up a lot in conversations. And I'm going to kind of go back to a couple of things I've, I've said previously reaching our customers where they are, right? So in Korea, Kakao Talk is where they are. In Japan, Line is where they are. So it's it's important to have a broad range of channels. And like you said, everybody's on social somewhere, <laughs> right? I feel our whole lives are out there uh, for the most part. So yeah, it's been a really important part of you know our strategy anyway, to bring those channels that are important to our customers into the contact center space and again, give our customers the opportunity to reach their customers where they are. Yeah, that's so important. There's a lot of data out there on this and 65% of customers on social when they're asking about a service issue expect to be responded to. They don't necessarily expect a resolution in that channel. They understand that they may have to be moved to another channel, but they do expect to be contacted and if they have a complaint, their expectation is pretty high. They want to be contacted within three hours. You know, with all the conversations happening on social, that can be a big ask depending on what what kind of company you're trying to interact with and what channel, social channel you're interacting on. Yeah, I think I think public social channels are a really interesting space because like the reason people post things are there's so many different reasons that people post things. They want some attention about something. They want to, you know, troll a brand or a person or a thing. 
They want to bring attention to something they're passionate about. So there's, it's a really interesting space in that brands have to really think about how they want to engage in that very public setting. You know, do they want to respond to every complaint? Do they want to, you know, sort of be very selective about how they respond? Do they want to respond with empathy? Do they want to respond with humor? You know, so there's a really a lot to think about and to really make sure that your brand is represented in the way that the company as a whole wants the brand represented. So it's a really interesting space. I think we're going to continue to see a lot of interesting interactions by brands in that very public social space. Well, let me ask you this. What are some of the key focuses you have to, what are you looking at right now that's kind of different from where we're at currently with a lot of the products? Yeah. I mean, I think the key thing that that we've at least been kind of focusing on is sort of depth of capability across the channels that we do offer. So we have a pretty good breadth of channels and we'll continue that. I mean, we want to continue to offer the channels that our customers are looking for, but giving those channels more depth and capability, I think is, is going to be where our focus is going to be for the next, you know, couple of years, most likely. And again, it's kind of like new and interesting things come out on those channels, trying to, to keep up with that new technology, the latest rich media, you know, component that's coming out, the latest, you know, sticker equivalent. That's really where I think we're going to see a lot of value. And we talked earlier, different ways to express emotion across those channels. That's kind of what that depth of capabilities is going to continue to allow us to do. And overall, that will drive more usage of those channels, right? Yeah. Yeah. Beyond just adding depth to the current digital channels, what's next? Not for our product, just in general. What do you think? I think, you know, as we see channels become more and more popular, we get we get requests for for those channels a lot. You know, Instagram was just announced. And so that's certainly a channel that we're looking at. But you think of things like, you know, Snapchat and TikTok and and then even outside that space. So, you know, something we're starting to explore a little bit is things like review sites, right? Like Amazon reviews and being able to route things like that or comments on a blog post. So being able to route those types of interactions that also need responses from brands. And to kind of go back to a little bit of what Ginger was saying earlier about sort of, you know, the same functionalities across different departments of a brand, you know, that's another perfect example. Who is the team, usually not the customer service team, who's reviewing sites and responding to product reviews and comments on those blog posts or articles. It's traditionally a different department within the company. So again, kind of that cross, you know, department capability that, you know, a lot of contact center softwares are able to to fill that void. So those are the, some of the things that we're starting to think about on the digital side. Well, you know, I just, I have to say though, that looking forward and to the, to the point that Katie made a couple of times, it's so important to be where your customers are. And you think about, about 30% of consumers ask product related questions on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, because they're, they're interested to, to make a purchase. And so if you're there, if your service team is there to provide that information, that's so powerful, you know, and the review sites that's really interesting too, because I know that I've gone to purchase something that was a little bit, I'm going to have to put this together and it's going to be complicated. And you see questions and then you see answers from the company who's manufactured that product. And it makes you even feel more comfortable to make that purchase because you know, if you do have a question, there's actually going to be someone who's interested to answer it for you. 
personally, I'll be interested to see if the popularity of video continues to grow because there's definitely use cases for that. But there's also, you know, if I'm calling customer service and in my in my pajamas, like I don't want to be on video. I just <laughs> I just want to be on the phone. <laughs> Yeah, I think video is an interesting channel. It It is, it's definitely, I mean, as we all know, we use a lot of video these days for business related purposes. But yeah, I mean, people want to call customer service in their pajamas, right? But there's absolutely a use case for trying to figure out what's broken on your dishwasher or the new part that you need for your bike. And to really be able to, sometimes a picture just doesn't do it, right? You need to see it from different angles or different perspectives. You might need to have the end consumer try something and watch and see what the, you know, the different flashing lights do, right? To, to understand what might really be broken on a device. So there's definitely, uh, I think, more of a use case for video around, you know, products and how they're interacting versus, you know, the face-to-face, at least, again, from a customer service perspective. That's most of the use cases are just around being able to see some type of product or interaction with a product. So I've, I have another question for you, but I also have another hint at some, some data coming from the state of CX. You can see in that report that there is interest or an expectation for consistent experiences across channels. So how, you know, we've talked a lot about channels today. How well are companies doing in linking those disparate channels to to create a more cohesive experience? Yeah, I mean, I think it's training, right? It's training your agents. It's training your agents not just in how to be consistent across channels, but also in the, you know, in sort of their personality or the brand's personality or their brand's sort of how they want to portray themselves to the world, really, and and to their customers, right? So it's it's not even just about the channel it's about that awareness of the brand's personality and you know i talked earlier about like do you want to respond with humor like that's absolutely a strategy that some brands have right and they they would really want to sort of instill that type of response in you know agents and all the things that they do that kind of interact with their end customers yeah and when you say if you make it easy if you make it easy on our, on the technology end you make it easy for IT you make it easy to to implement these channels for their brand and you make it consistent for the agent on the end user side to respond to those different channels then it does make it like what you were asking that that how do you how do you do that well you you start there that's the easy part is implementation and and training making it very user friendly for us to to easily adapt to them Otherwise, there's no consistency across those brands because there's you don't want them switching screens. You don't want them switching applications. You don't want them working from four or five different applications to respond to one one interaction. That That's where it gets complicated, and that's what you don't want. You know, you, you want to make it look easy. Yeah, and I, I think that speaks to things like integrations too, right? Like an integration with the CRM system. So being able to have that information about the customer that's valuable to that conversation. You know, are they a gold customer or a platinum customer, or did they buy a product from you last month that maybe they're calling about now? So having that consistency of data on hand for the agent, again, regardless of the channel, you know, I think that those types of things are really important for consistency too. And then down the road, did they give you a bad review? Did they complain about you on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram? Yeah. Yep. You can link all that back, kind of understand that full journey of the customer with, with your brand and your products. It's powerful. Yeah. And one of the things that I was thinking also when I asked that question was, 
you know, if somebody has interacted with, say, a bot on the website and then switches over to the contact center, if they're a known customer, will that information get transferred? Is the data at the back end being linked to the extent that perhaps is possible these days? Or is it still really varied, you know, maturity levels? I think it is still a little varied, but we are seeing that be more and more seamless, you know, where any bot on the website or even on a voice call that 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 information is transferred to the agent. They have the full context of how they got there across that one channel and how they answered, you know, being able to see things like, were they getting frustrated? Was the bot asking the same question over and over again? It helps the agent be able to provide that kind of empathy to the end customer if they can see the experience was, you know, maybe not the best that it could be. But for the most part, I think that most brands have figured out, you know, how to make that a seamless experience. Just to talk about Genesis Cloud a little bit, you know, the way that we've tried to to be able to do that is integrate bots, you know, natively within our products. So you don't have to have a separate bot then creates that disconnected experience, even to the point of, you know, bring your own bot to our platform. It doesn't have to be one of the ones we have natively integrated into the product. And that's part of why we bring those types of features in to keep that connected experience for the end customer and for the agent too, right? To to understand how that end customer has been interacting with them. And you you brought up a good point there because it's something I don't think we've addressed yet. And it's for for those out there that they're still concerned about what a bot is, because I know that question still comes up. They they've heard it enough, but they still don't know enough about it. But there can be multiple bots deployed in your CX center, depending on what that customer's path and what their journey is. And what you're saying is it regardless of that bot, because there's there's the big ones out there that everyone's heard of. Then there's the smaller industry specific ones, but there's probably thousands of bots out there. But the idea that there are that many bots out there and how does that seamlessly integrate into your solution? But then also how is that consistent for your agent that's responding to that? They shouldn't see a difference if it's a different bot that that customer is engaged with, right? It should be the same for them. It should be the same for the customer as well as the agent. It's all in the background, right? Yeah. And and you're right. There's lots of bots out there. There's even a concept of sort of mini bots that have a really specific function. So let's say you want to get a car insurance quote, right? You're, you're engaging with an insurance company. You want to get a car insurance quote. Maybe there's a, a a car insurance bot, right? Like their specialty, that bot, it's almost like they have a personality, right? Is everything to do with car insurance, but you want to understand what renter's insurance looks like. It, it may transfer you to another mini bot that does all the renter's insurance. And maybe now you want to want to buy, but you have some questions, maybe that's a third buy. So all of that can happen in the background with these kind of little specialized bots and kind of transferring, if you will, the conversation between the bots in a very seamless manner for the end customer, because all the context of that conversation can transfer along with those bots and then onto the agent as well. So yeah, it's it's there's lots of different ways to deploy bots and really make that a successful experience for a brand. Let's say you're having a cookout and someone corners you at your cookout and says, hey, I know what you do for a living and our company is thinking about uh, implementing a new CX center. What's your suggestion? What's your advice to that person in regards to that, especially around digital, I guess? So, yeah, what would I what would I tell my friends and family? So, you know, kind of trying to put biases aside, I think I think cloud, you know, looking at products that are in the cloud are are critical right mm. now. You know, not having to have a heavy IT staff, not having to manage, you know, your own upgrades, not having to replace equipment. 
know, having all of that handled for you in the cloud, redundancy, disaster recovery, all of those things are kind of managed for you. So it, it's very easy to deploy, first of all, and then to maintain. So that's definitely one thing I would say. And then I would say, look for companies that are innovating, that are looking for the next channel or AI or enhanced bots or things like predictive engagement. You know, look for a company that's going to not only meet your needs today, but meet your needs before you even know (laughs) that that's a need that you have. So I think just looking for that innovation and growth Obviously, on the digital side, that may translate to new channels, new capabilities within those channels. But, you know, that can go so much further beyond that as well. So that's what I would recommend is look for a company that's that's cloud based, meets your needs today and shows you that innovation that they're going to meet your needs in the future as well. So of all the different types of technologies that are out there, you know, that are not out there yet, you know, what, like even the ones that are coming, what technology would you want the most to consume for your own personal use that's maybe not even invented yet or we're far from it, just something you could imagine, but what what would that be for you? Something I could dream up. Wow. That's a really tough one. (laughs) You know, I think probably a little biased, but thinking about, you know, how I communicate, you know, it'd be really great to just send thoughts to people, right? I don't have to stop and text on my phone or, you know, even trying to do like voice to text, right? It always gets it wrong. You always got a backspace, you know, you're trying to drive, don't text and drive. And so it never works quite how you think it's going to. So if if I had the ability to just send a thought to my husband or to my kids, I think that would be really cool. You heard it first here on Technox in 20, the next evolution in digital channels will be ESP where you can just communicate across mental telepathy. Well, thank you very much for joining us today on Tech Talks in 20. Katie, thanks so much. That was so great. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you, Michael. It's been really fun. So what did I say about that free consultation at the beginning? Was that not amazing? Listening to all the, the advice and just kind of background information that we get from our product manager here? It was fantastic. Yeah. And, I, you know, some of the things I picked up, like, you know, I mentioned it earlier, like who responds, how do you respond and, and the depth in which you do that, or do you respond? I really like the idea of the ones that respond of social and humor. She brought that up and those are always my favorite, but it's also around you know, something you said that I guess I didn't realize that 30% of our customers are asking questions about products on social channels. That's higher than I thought. So if there's any doubt about in your mind, whether you should be implementing social channels in your contact center, I think that's pretty telling. Absolutely, because as Katie pointed out, it's really important to be where your customers are and to offer the breadth of channels so that they can contact you in the way that you know, suits them and then you can give them you know, the best customer experience that you have available to you. And one of the things that she pointed out that really stood out for me was how cloud can really make that easy by helping with your integrations, bringing those channels together to make a seamless and consistent experience. And one of the things, one other thing that she pointed out that I thought was important was to find a partner that has a depth of capability across a breadth of channels. Because if you're going to be where your customers are, you need to have that variety, but you also need to go deeper into each channel as innovation becomes available. So she also pointed out, look for a partner that's constantly innovating. And I think that's such valuable advice from Katie. So with that, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of Tech Talks in 20. I hope you were able to take something away 
from today's topic as much as Michael and I did. Before we leave you, we want to remind you to be sure to take advantage of the resources listed below on Genesis.com. These expand on today's topic and we'll leave you with some additional information. Also, be sure to click subscribe to get notified on previous and new episodes of the podcast. And of course, feel free to share with your colleagues and friends. We'd love it if you would. Again, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Tech Talks in 20.